0: You are listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Bodju is the Senior Pastor of the Covenant Nation Covenants Nation Centers now open at Yaba, Igomu, Leki, Maryland, Festack, Shangoteto, Ikorodu, Isolo, Igondo, and Ikeja. The Palms Center. Genesis Cinema Palms Shopping Mall, Leki Epe Expressway, Heritage Cinemas, Heritage Mall, Abulegba, Lagos. Do you live around any of these centers or you plan to invite someone? Come and enjoy an uncommon time of the word and worship in God's presence. God bless you. This morning I I came to share, and be very precise about it. And I want to speak on four specific points and principles in the Word of God. Very precise, and uh, every the first three principles cumulates into the fourth one, which is the major thing. Now those three are heavy, but major thing. I want the. Um, um, to to explain. Uh, And it's still in the line of uh, so goes your tongue, so goes your life. But I want to speak about or teach on a subject of confession or declaration or let me put it this way, the spoken word of God which deals not with affirmations that build faith and the nature of God into us, but it deals with the outward expression of the life of God as it relates to our environment and the elements around us. And may may just be the thing that the Spirit of God is waiting for us to practice in order for rivers of living water to flow out of our being. Psalm 40 and verse 1, and I'll start with this, tells us David said, I waited patiently on the Lord, or for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. So the first principle I want to speak about is the principle of, it's simple, but we may miss it, of taking our petitions to God In other words, making our requests known unto him. Many of us practice prayer, particularly Pentecostals, where we have the additional gift of speaking in tongues. But we do not articulate the prayer, first of all, in the understanding. Neither are we petitioning God for any distinct and well-defined thing when we pray. In Philippians 4 and verse 6, it tells us we shouldn't be anxious or careful about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, we should make our requests known unto God. Now, God says, make your requests Known unto me. What are your petitioning the throne of grace for? But when God says, make it known unto me, it says it there, God is all-knowing. So is it that when we, why, why he's asking us to make it known unto him is for him. All right, so get to know what we really want. Now the Bible says he already knows what we have need of before we ask. So our petitioning and our supplication and specific requests is not for the purpose. God is not saying we should do that so that he can know it, but that so that we on our own part can have it well defined in our minds. And the reason is we receive from God through our mind. Uh, The Bible says that a man who is double-minded let not not man think he will receive anything from the Lord. So the organ he uses is your mind. And so God understands that the mind, if it's going to be able to receive anything, it has to be well-defined. Blind Bartholomeus came to Jesus, he was blind. He cast off his garment. That garment there, back then, was a license to beg. So that in the society, because it was a theocracy there, which meant, and they wanted people, the new people will give to the poor. So the government, all right, certified people that were truly poor so that scammers will not get in. So once they certified, you were blind, you were given that license, which was something that you wore, so a person from a distance will know that this is somebody who is truly blind. And so he cast it off, came to Jesus, and then Jesus asked him, he said, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus asked him, what will I that I should do unto thee? I mean, a blind man comes to me too and says, have mercy on me. All right, shouldn't you know what you, what, what, what you want me to do? But Jesus wanted him to define it, so that he will be able to receive it. For throughout humanity, or throughout history, humanity has discovered that to grasp with the mind what the human hands cannot touch, you have to devise a representational system to be able to measure it, or else the mind will never, all right, be able to grasp it. You will never be able to receive it. You have to have what is called, you have, man has to devise a representational system in order to be able to measure it. In other words, what cannot or what is not measured cannot be received. So what he is telling you when you make your request known and he says be specific, he is saying measure this thing. Let's have some measure on this thing so that we can know what, so your mind can appropriate it. It's for your sake. If I say I'm going to bless you abundantly, measure that, how you will appropriate that into your own life. And that's why God, even in the Word, speaks to us. When He talks about blessings, He speaks with a language of measurement. He says that you are going to have a 30-fold, a 60-fold, a 100-fold fruitfulness. He uses measurement. He says you will have no room to contain it. He talks about increase, which is addition. God added it to the church. And then he talks about multiplication there. And he measures it. There was a time I was adding. And then there was a time, he says, and the number of the disciples were multiplied, which is he's using measurements there. All right? All right even when he wants to tell you that this will be a mind, quote-unquote, blowing experience beyond the regions of your understanding, he uses measurements also to show you. He says, go and count the stars. Are you able to number them? So shall thy seed be. He says, look to the sands on the seashore. He says, so shall, which means he uses measurement there, lengthen your cords, shall, right, enlarge your tents. He uses that. So he understands that with that, then the mind can appreciate it. And then, so he says, I will do exceedingly abundantly, but it's above something you have measured to me, what you have asked or what you are imagining. That's what that scripture says. So it starts out, all right, with measurement. It's a powerful principle. Sets definite goals within time frames. That's the way in which you make progress. So he asked and said, well, this year, what are you expecting? What have you asked God to do? I mean, we came into the year and we measured and said, we're going to open 17 centers. All right, as of now, by the end of this month, which will be April now, all right, we will have opened roughly 15 to 16. Now it's because it was measured, then God can do exceedingly abundantly above what you can ask or think. But you must start with some measurement there. All right, you must start with some measurement. That's the only way in which you can receive things into this earthly space because the earth is governed by time and space. Time is an invisible thing, and the only way we can relate to it is by representational systems, which means the calendar, the clock, is measured. That's the only way the mind, all right, can can convert that which is invisible and make it visible. That is the only way it has to be measured. Alright, that's why if I tell you that I'm coming to your house, it really makes no sense. Because that statement is hanging in the air, and I can come when you're 100 years old. I can never come and tell you that, well, I said I'm coming, and I meant, I meant in 100 years' time. But the minute I say I'm coming to your house tomorrow, then I've given some measurements, which means you have a 24-hour period to fulfill that word. If I say by 4 p.m., it is better, because then a person says I can't wait. So all our interaction in this earthly space here, all right, is through this measurement principle. When you say, well, I'm traveling when tomorrow, the flight is at this time. I mean, if all that was in there, this place will not even be able to relate to ourselves on this earth. So one of the greatest challenges to the human mind, and this is the way the human mind has been able to solve it, is to comprehend and to gain access Which means the challenge there is to comprehend and gain access to those things that the mind knows exists even though it cannot see those things and touch them. And the way in which man has fashioned this is by creating representational systems to measure those things. So when Esther went into the king's court and the king stretched forth the golden scepter to her, The first thing the king said to her is, What is thy request? And then he measured to her what he was capable of doing. Unto half of my kingdom will I give unto you. You'll have this leeway, all right? Ask for anything within this measured blessing. So God says, All right, measure it as far as your eyes can see. That will I give unto you. All right? So. Measure that particular thing and ask God, this is what I want to pray, or this is what I'm praying here. A tenfold increase to somebody, all right, is 10 million, and the person rejoices to another person. Is that same tenfold increase, which is a hundred million because that person has one, so it becomes ten. This person has ten, it becomes hundred. Is the same level of joy that they experience, which is a tenfold increase, is just that all right, is as far as that person can see at that particular point in time. So rule number one here is be specific about it. Those of us people that pray in English, all right, evangelicals, all right, they, because they are praying, praying in their understanding of whichever language it is, they measure those things they're asking for, right? But we that pray in tongues, sometimes we don't define what we're praying about. we just start. So, Not everything that is real and useful is tangible and visible. There are many real and useful things we know that are non-tangible, all right, and not visible. And the way you convert that is by measuring it. Measure out what you are petitioning God for. That's rule number one here. What are you asking God to do? This year, what have you asked Him to do for you. Now, one of the reasons why we don't all right, measure it and be specific is we don't want to have an experience of failure all right, with God because somewhere we don't want to doubt that maybe this thing is not real. So what happens is somewhere, and hope the makes the heart sick, we don't want that disappointment there. But there's no way you are going to grow if you are not going to learn all right, from falling short of certain things. So that God can teach you wisdom. So he can explain to you. All right, you missed it here this way. You missed it. Change this here. Change this here. You didn't say this here. All right, your ears become opened up. All right, to the hidden things that you may not be seeing. Okay, so we don't want. So what happens is we put a veil over our faces. We like to just continue to say we are blessed, we are blessed, we are blessed. All right, without really evaluating what we are doing. If the Bible tells us you will bring much fruit, much is a way of measuring things. So you ask yourself, why did I bring forth much fruit last year? Where are the places where I missed it? And you will be amazed how fast, all right, you will learn and cross from falling short to a place where, all right, God is doing exceedingly abundantly above what you can ask or think. So we're not just talking about a religious system here where we are just going through the roads and everybody's just coming to church. But we are talking about something that is spiritual, something that is exact, something that is precise, And something that is powerful. So measure out what you are petitioning for. All right. First thing there. The second thing, and this is also a very, very powerful principle. A lot of us miss it here. When you pray to him, all right. Look, God is more concerned. Look, just let me put it this way. God loves you more than you love yourself. That's the best to say it. He is more concerned about your progress and well-being than you are about yourself. God is more aggressive about you turning out right than you are about yourself. Because he is a compassionate God and his name and nature is love. Therefore, God is more concerned about answering that prayer on time than you are about receiving it. But here is the issue you must understand. You have to pray, all right? And then now sometimes we teach things and, you know, we get so deep that we lose people. Okay? Now, when you pray, I want you to show you something that hinders prayer. And this is what Job discovered and he said, ah, I heard of thee with the hair and of my hand, now with my eyes I see thee. When Job prayed for his friends, his captivity was turned around. Alright, now when you pray, pray in what is called the spirit of love. What do I mean by this? God in answering your prayer will not take anything away from somebody else which means you can't ask him to take something away from somebody else in order to bless you. God is neither a thief nor a murderer. Now, I don't for one second believe in this teaching of cursing people. I do not believe it. It is not biblical and you only find it in environments where they say they want to kill people, they want to punish people, they want to curse people, all of that. In the environments that are close to occultism there. All right? Because God is now about to twelve someone says, well, they didn't give me the promotion and somebody said this. Well, they didn't give me the promotion so I prayed to God for my boss. I, this lady was saying this. And says, I said, I stripped myself naked midnight to curse her and she lost her pregnancy. You are, that person is a murderer and you will give accounts when you face God. Absolute rubbish. All right? Uh, God, God is not there. Now if you look at the Ten Commandments the Ten Commandments, God spoke those commandments and Paul himself in the New Testament made it clear to us he said the commandment was good holy and spiritual he said I was the one canna. There there's nothing wrong with the Ten Commandments it's the principle of thinking that the Ten Commandments through them you will be saved is what is wrong, alright it's, it's thinking that you can be justified by the law, but those laws are still in existence. In fact, if you remove those laws and you drive out of this place with a car, the only reason why somebody who is less privileged and wants your car doesn't break the glass and take dispossess you of that car is because of the Ten Commandments. It's because it's written in the moral conscience there, and it's part of all right the laws of the land there. The Ten Commandments that thou shalt not steal. So thou shalt not steal is still working. Now, if you look at those commandments. Right? You find that the bulk of the commandments is telling you that you shouldn't deprive somebody else of anything in order to move ahead. It says thou shall not kill. In other words, you don't murder somebody to gain something. Thou shall not, it says this, covet another man. It says thou shall not steal. All right, which means don't take what belongs to somebody else. All right, it says thou shall not bear false witness. It talks about that. So when you pray about anything that you are asking God for, what you should do, that I do, that I found very helpful, is identify the people in your own network or life, all right, that also probably have those kinds of things as their aspirations and you now start interceding for them that God blesses them also with that. In other words, when I pray for service in the morning, let's say church now, for people to come into the services, I pray, all right, for churches. For example, I'm praying for the Lekki Church. I pray for churches also around this Lekki Church here, that God send people into their own services too. So it is not a, in a competitive atmosphere, all right? It's in a creative space. That you are not taken from somebody in order to make progress. Once you touch on that spirit of being competitive and you go into warfare and you are territorial, I will show this, it blocks answers to prayer. And that's what Job came to understand. Job had never prayed for his friends. When Job started praying for his friends, he shut all right the door in the enemy because Satan is the accuser of the brethren. In other words, he builds accusations among people that are close to one another. They are the people that most likely will verbally assault people that are close to them. In other words, the competition is in the midst of people that really know themselves. We just hide it. All right? I mean, that's why when I invited someone to preach once, and he opened my eyes to it. He says, well, on, on politics, uh, uh, on in platform, he said, well, people say that politics is dirty. He said, but there's nothing I've seen in politics. He said, I'm not getting it because it's dirty. He said, not, there's nothing I've seen in politics that doesn't happen in families. The first murder, he said, well, they kill in politics. The first murder case on this earth was a brother killing the brother. The greatest amount of, of rivalry can be between siblings. That's why it's important. That's why Job understood that. That, you know, I've really never prayed, all right, for my friends. And there was that competition. And let me tell you, this is a law. The person that serves others will rise up to become the greatest. So let's assume that you are praying for promotion. All right, now, of course, this is how you look at it. Well, let's just say I'm an assistant manager and I'm praying one day to become a manager. But we are 10 assistant managers and three managerial positions. Seven people will not get it. You get what I'm saying? Now you are saying here that you are praying to get into the managerial space there in your career. Then you take all the other nine people and you are praying also for them that God grant these people also, this is the kind of thing they want in their lives, give all right, them also managerial office and all of that. You say, but what's going to happen? If these three guys get it, then what happens to me? Now, that's a small brain thinking. So what happens is, Abraham understood this. He said, Lord, let there be no strife between us. Whichever one you want, take. And the minute he took it, God told Abraham, lift up your eyes. As far as your eyes can see, that will have given to you. Now, you are praying for a managerial position, but the managerial position is not just confined to that office. There are many managerial positions all over the world. If they offered you that same job in U.S. dollars in New York, you are living that day. Do you understand what I'm saying? Say, God, God, I knew you. I was asking for for 10 million naira in salary. This is $120,000. I knew you, God. When the other said, we got him, I said, take it. (laughs) Why are you so happy? Take it. And that's what happened between Abraham and Lot. Abraham said, take it, God says, lift your eyes. All right? In other words, people there, seems like we don't compete, all right? We go into that creative space. We go into that creative play. And, and this hinders prayer. This is a very powerful principle. It hinders, all right, prayer. I mean, I've said this before. There's a lady in this church. She got married. And, so, and she was working in, a, in, a, in an oil, oil company, major oil company in Lagos. And, and you know, they, they, you, don't know what, you don't know what God is planning. And it was promotion. And, and they gave somebody else a promotion. And she felt it should be her. And all of that. You don't know what God is planning. Next thing, she was disappointed and was going on. And you know, and when, you, when you're showing offense to people, it's really God you're offended. And her husband calmed that down. She said, look, leave this thing. Let's just calm down. She left it. Alright, three months later, the Vice President of the company from France called her personally on her desk and said they have discovered oil in Uganda. When you were praying, you didn't know that they would discover oil somewhere else. You were praying inside that office. When Joseph was talking about dream, he was talking about taking over his father's business. When God was talking about dream, God was talking about taking over the world. Are you following what I'm saying? So dare to pray people into known blessings so that unknown blessings can come to you. This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.